Hi everyone, welcome back to Geek Bites. Uh, next episode, sorry for a quick couple of weeks break, but we're back on track. Um, and we are talking today about Season 2 of Amazon Prime's The Boys. Uh, I'm Rich, and I'm joined as always by Stu. Hi Rich, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, apologies everyone for our delay. I mean, all of our listeners out there, um, I'm sure you couldn't survive without us. But you know, don't worry, we're back. We're back to be here. Um, we're here to support you like the heroes in this show or as well as the heroes in this show um uh i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but we'll unpack that as we go cool yeah excellent um so yeah we're uh i'd like to think we're a bit better than them but we yeah. will see well of course who's the heroes of the show is it the uh is it the seven or is it uh is it the boys um so yeah or is it girls because of course the girls get it done oh yeah god yeah um, <laughs> yeah uh, and uh, yeah, to be fair, because uh, you guys did a review of this in um, Geek Soup Days, didn't you? The first season, I missed out on that one. So it's yeah, kind of... absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, one of um, I mean, one where, of the last episodes, it... actually. Um... I mean, what was the what was the um, you know what did you guys say about it in the previous season? Oh yeah, we all liked it. Um, I can't remember if there was any massively crucial insights. Um... We probably just made lots of fart jokes or something. But. <laughs> it sounds about right. And yeah, I mean, to be fair, there wasn't much not to like about season one. Um, yeah. And probably who knows about season two. I mean, we're going to unpack that as we go. Yeah. You got a one sentence review? Yeah. Um, Snyder-like darkness mixed with Marvel-like humour gives us a perfect superhero show. Dire freaking bollicle. Wow. <laughs> Good stuff. So that's a big, um, a big vote of confidence. Um, Oh, oh! Are you are you not confident? This is going to be an interesting show. Rich is going to no, sit no, and slate it. No, I mean my my um, I, I didn't quite go that deep as you for a one sentence review. I just pretty much my one tenth sentence review. An improvement upon the first series. Interesting bridge season, oh. and let's see where it goes next. Um, yeah, I mean it it was good. I I, I did like it better first series of but i felt like i felt like in many ways the first the first season was um more more wham bam and more high octane whereas this second season was a lot more a bit more cerebral which obviously as we all know um, went up for a bit of that and um yeah yeah i was um pleased no i do i get, I get what you're saying like the first one just you know it was lots of adrenaline they were setting things up you know there's lots of murders going on and stuff um, this season there's still people dying but then there was a lot of um sort of debate around it and sort of you know like the first season the team the boys were all sort of getting on nicely as it were and sort of thing <laughs> whereas this time around it's kind of our butchers are you know betrayed them all or butchers like not being the best person he can be and he's just like oh to hell with Huey you know and so it, all that stuff it's kind of all that conflict I know it's good for the drama or whatever but in another thing you just want them all to get along because it's yeah. just sort of the banter that you like. But I think the banter was still there. It was just more of abusive uh, locker room banter as opposed <laughs> to more, uh, the, you know, the fun stuff from season one, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a lot of um, conflicts between them. You know, Huey trying to find his own way, trying to kind of, uh, he's trying to not be the new kid anymore. Um, and, you know, going off and doing his own thing and then getting the ump with him for doing that. Um, yeah, what was it? Finding Annie and uh, Starlight. Uh, yeah, that is her uh, name, isn't it, Annie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and so when you say going his own way, there was this great bit in uh, one of the early episodes where he's trying to convince um, 
Frenchie and the other guy to to follow him to do something when they, <laughs> they would just rather hide. He's like, okay, okay, I might not be the leader, but I could perhaps be, I'll be the John Connor or, or the girl from the Hunger Games. And uh, yeah, yeah. Like, Katniss? And he's like, yeah, Katniss, I can be Katniss. I can be the one to inspire others to do great things. She's <laughs> like, that basically just describes the character, really, doesn't it? He's the one, and like, uh, what's his name? I, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the, the other guy, he was just like, you know, you're, you're um, he's Butcher's, um, what's the bird called? Canary or whatever? He's the one that stops him from going too dark. Yeah. Because um, he protects him from being, make the, making the immoral choices. And it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's nice that they sort of positioned him in the team like that. You know, he's not necessarily, you know, a, a badass military killer. You know, he did kill someone in season one, but I think that was justified. Um, but, you know, it, he's not really a, a badass dude. He's just there to kind of inspire others and to kind of be the heart of the story. And even yeah. Annie seemed to be more of a cutthroat than him. Like, especially when like Butcher shot that guy to save, um, Huey. And then she was kind of, you know, part of her was a bit uh, remorseful, but then the other part was just like, oh, you know, I don't even care anymore. And it's kind of... Yeah, absolutely. That was a big turning point for her, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think it just shows to show that being part of the Seven and being part of this twisted world has kind of worn down her optimism, um, you know, from Bible camp to basically letting someone blow bleed in the gutter, even though he's trying to protect himself. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, that went a bit dark, a bit quick. Uh, it's dark show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But as I said in my one sentence review, it's still sprinkled with humour. And I think that's, <laughs> I think Snyder could have learned a lot from this if he'd bothered watching, well, if this existed before his thing. Cause, um, you know, like this, the whole, um, uh, Congress scene in Batman vs. Superman with yeah. the jar, jar of Wii and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was so terrible. And that was in a blockbuster movie with two of the most iconic characters on the planet. This one had a bunch of nobodies that no one had ever heard of. Yeah, in the um, court or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it was like it was this sort of Congress thing and blah blah blah. But it was so much more engaging with heads exploding everywhere and stuff like that, no one knowing what was going on. And it's kind of like, you know, what? How is it that these guys did it did it so well, and he did it so badly? Um, and it was just I don't know. It's, so I'm just going off on a side. I've totally gone off piece. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we've probably touched on this, but what were your overall impressions of the show? Um, okay, so there was a few bits that I that they didn't follow up on that I kind of wanted to see a bit more about. Like I'm still interested as to what exactly is the deal with a uh, black noir. Um, yeah, I've heard, um, but maybe they're saving that for a bit of season three. Um, I, there was I, th- I thought he could be Butcher's brother at one point because um, <laughs> uh, you know his brother and then suddenly it flicks to black noir hunting him down and stuff and it was kind of like oh maybe that juxtaposition is there for a reason yeah um, but i suppose he'd know that if his brother was allergic to whatever that um nuts or whatever but anyway i'll let you get back to it yeah um yeah so i'd like to see what his deal is i mean he kind of turned up and attacked starlight at one point so he's obviously he's obviously kind of been now he's just being the proper attack dog for um Voigt um, to uh, Vought even it's not John Voigt it's just Vought Vought. so he's obviously their enforcer now Um, and yeah I'd like to see a bit more of him Um, I really like the new character Stormfront Um, I like the way that she kind of started off as you know quite a you you thought she was kind of good breath of fresh air to the Seven Um, and but obviously turned out to be the main villain of the season Um, I thought she was a good yeah, at first it looked like she was going to challenge uh, Homelander's uh, supremacy in the Seven and kind of uh, make him realise he's actually been a bit of a uh, unpleasant character. Time to sort it out. But yeah, it turned out in the end, obviously she uh, she um, 
actually drove him to new heights of depravity. Yeah, um, and chopped his bones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I thought the whole kind of um, I mean that was the central storyline of the whole season really and yeah i thought it was a good one it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit in episode three or four whichever one it turned out that we found out that she was um ex-nazi miss liberty i think miss liberty was her name back in the day and she uh was, yeah uh, it was um i, I mean i i kind of i because te- you guys watched this like a while back but i've only watched it recently this season mm-hmm. and i text you about it when i watched the episode where she was um chasing down the uh, soup terrorists or supervillain yeah, yeah. as uh, Homefront likes to call them yeah. um, and uh, she just started killing indiscriminately all of the residents of this block that happened to be in a black area yeah, oh yeah gosh I, yeah. and I just I, te- I like you know I was just shocked it was just I'm just appalled and I'm just hold on a minute what the hell is going on like uh, the first one that died I thought okay maybe this was like a collateral damage and there's going to be like a whole bit about her oh no I'm you know it's such a shame I killed someone by accident and then she just takes out the whole building and then you're like, oh, OK. And then afterwards, this, you see her sort of saying, you know, at the press conference, like, oh, you know, I'm so grateful that I was there to um, protect them from this soup terrorist or whatever. And it was just like, so I text you guys. I was just like mortified. I'm just like, this is dramatic. And um, I think a while back you told me that uh, one of the characters was a, was a Nazi. And I've just thought you're being sort of, you know, oh, they'd be a bit right weaning or like right weaning. <laughs> I didn't realise they were literally a Nazi. And then when it turned out she was literally a Nazi, I was yeah, just yeah. like, oh my god, you know, she is a Nazi. And like when I say Nazi, I don't mean like neo-Nazi. I mean like 1930s, 40s Nazi. Yeah, an actual Nazi. Yeah. yeah, hung out with Goebbels, and she's lived that long with her superpower, you know, with, because of the uh, compound V, which is made by Nazis, uh, you know, as these things usually are. Nazis. Exactly. Everything comes back to the Nazis. Way, yeah. yeah, but it was that was just a that that reveal and like, but then when you start looking at the clues, like she carries a handbag around everywhere and stuff like that. It's like what woman of today's age carries a giant handbag around? Even um, even the name Stormfront has very uh Nazi. Yeah. yeah, and it's like what was um uh the guy from level whatever I can't remember his name, but what was he thinking actually putting her in a seven? Like what? Yeah. I suppose maybe it was the fact that they needed a poster girl and the fact that she could do the whole social media thing to kind of whip up a frenzy of, um, you know, anti-other, which meant that they'd get more contra- military contracts and whatever. So I suppose that was what he was thinking. But it, I like the bit where Butcher and I can't remember the guy's name, the guy from Bre- Breaking Bad or whatever, uh, Jim Trintar. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I when him I and Butcher, yeah, so when him and Butcher have the meeting, and Butcher's just like, you know, what, you know, what the hell did you put a Nazi in the seven for? <laughs> yeah, you know, how did you think you were going to control her and stuff like that? And then they both work together to kind of get past that, and you know, uh, I don't know, it's just so anyway. yeah, he he wanted to take out Stormfront in the end, um, Gus from Breaking Bad, didn't he? Yeah. Um. So um, yeah, he um he did uh, obviously come around to that idea, um, because he was just using her to um. I forget what was his long-term goal in adding her into the seven. Did he oh. think? Do you not realise she was going to be that bad or something? Yeah, or maybe it was just to kind of get the whip people up and get them behind Homelander again or something. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, and uh, saying speaking of which, I mean, I'll go into my overall impressions in a minute. But you know, there was a scene where um, Homelander lands and um, people are like confronting him about the fact he accidentally oh, killed yeah. someone. Yeah, that was uh, that was meant to be that scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I literally, when he sat there and like obliterated the whole crowd with his <laughs> eye beams, I'm like, oh my God, this went dark quick. And then yeah, suddenly yeah. 
Then you see very, that very few times that actually a show elicits an actual gasp from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was it. There, uh, I think this whole show had lots of those bits, but that one was particularly. And then, uh, and then afterwards, it was just what was going on in his head. And I think that was even scarier because the fact that this guy is basically a god and he's so unhinged, and the fact that that was his split second away from literally eradicating a whole crowd with his eye beams, and no one could basically no one could stop him. Yeah, that was just like whoa. You know, yeah. it's just, it just goes to show what the boys are up against and what why they're campaigning against these people and fighting against them is because you've, you've got literally weapons of mass destruction flying around, um, you know, branded, whatever. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, a, it's just amazing. It's just very good. I mean, my overall impression, as you probably guessed from my positivity so far, is I loved it. It was the best piece of superhero television in ages. And wow. to, to Better me, than Arrow. Never. <laughs> Arrow got a bit more dull towards the end. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think Arrow had its place. That's kind of cheesy camp superhero thing. But this was actual cranial. So I think yeah. I liked this. It, it was kind of, it ticks a different box, you know. Um, it's funny because these, they're not really superhero. They, they're not super powered, are they? They're more kind of like mutants. They've been, or genetically modified people. So it's not like, like on, um, in DC comics where they always get their powers from like some sort of natural phenomenon or whatever. Whereas yeah. this, they are, they are just, they're effectively super soldiers. They're massively drugged up people. Um, or well, being a drug. So yeah. Cause that was the weird thing. Like, um, cause Homelander, like they implied that he, you know, he was superhuman from chart from, but you know, from childhood or whatever. And they kept him locked up. And part of me thought that maybe he was the source of the compound V, you know, before I realized about the Nazis and stuff. But, you know, because it seemed like he was different to the rest of them. And that's why they treated him differently. He was raised by scientists and stuff. But maybe it was just because he was, you know, I didn't have parents and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, how comes he's such the perfect Ubermensch? You know, maybe it was the fact that he was some something slightly different about him. I mean, but that's why his kid has his powers rather than just being random because he isn't like all the others. He he might be like a Superman that crash landed. You know, we haven't yeah. read, I mean, I haven't read the comics. I don't think you've read the comics. You know, obviously it'll be all be no, no. answered if we search Wikipedia, but we're not going to because we like the show. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that was, but like you said, the rest of them are just literally like a people that had, were drugged at birth and are slightly different, you know, um, yeah. And I spe- there was that other subplot. I mean, I'll go back into my overall impressions. Before we move on, but the rest of my overall impressions was every episode moved things forward. There was no filler. All characters were treated equally. I can't fault it apart from some par- subpar Australian accents. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, one rubbish bit, and maybe this is what's going to, maybe you're going to come on to this. Um, oh, yeah. Is, uh, I don't know what on earth was going on with the deep for this entire season. That Whenever that com- came on, I'd couldn't really figure out what the point of it was and i just kind of let it wash over me um i don't no. know how you felt about that whole part of it was that a pun intended uh but um <laughs> but yeah. no i actually I, strangely enough i actually enjoyed that bit because I, okay. I kind of liked his character and i think yeah that, i like his character yeah. yeah and the idea that he's kind of was being like recruited and groomed by a sort of scientology like cult in order to be like a front man for them and then they can get him back into the seven as their like agent just seemed like a quite an interesting thing and the fact that then when they brought a train into it as well um, and this sort of the competition between the two of them to try and get back into the seven via this cult I, I you know I, you know it was a bit dull you know when it was first introduced like you i was kind of switching off but as i saw the relationship between the cult and stormfront and 
um, Gus, it was kind of like, oh, all right, okay, now I get it. There's some value in this. And I think just to guide the actor, I mean, what, you know, when he had these bloody gills singing to him or talking to him, that stuff was just like, what? No, I can't be bothered with that. No, I quite like, I quite like that. But that was the bit I did like, just because it was a bit weird, a bit trippy. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but it was kind of the bit that I really liked was when, um, what's his name, Butcher and the boys are on the boat and uh, they're going to get hand over the soup terrorist to someone, and uh, Gus finds out where they are, so he sends the deep after him. Uh, well, he sends oh, the whale. Yeah, and then basically they speedboat into the whale. <laughs> yeah. He's just like standing, it's like, you know, you'll stop sort of thing. And he's just, and then just crashes straight into it. And then he's just standing there crying about his dead whale. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think that just sums the whole character up. And then afterwards he's trying to apologise to Annie for the, the way he abused her and whatever. And she's having none of it. Yeah. Um, I don't no, know. He just, he just seemed like a bit of a, another pun, a drip to me. Um, I just wasn't really that interested in what he had going on. I'm ho- hoping that whole phase will kind of pay off a bit in, um, season three but he, he kind of realized it was a load of nonsense by the end hadn't he so yeah because of how they treated the um the art the, the archer bloke whose name i can't yeah. like eagle or something but yeah yeah so i think yeah like, that's just kind of gonna get left i think <laughs> speaking of season three it was weird how they set up the um weird scientology cult as the big bad for season three and then it was flipped right at the end when um yeah, yeah. the congresswoman exploded his head <laughs> it was just like yeah Okay, all right. That so she, who's been fighting against um, soups. soups the whole time, uh, turns out she's soup herself. So yeah, what's her long-term game? Yeah, and the fact no. that she she managed to keep it hidden all this time. Um, and well, and also the fact that that shows that presumably in the whole Senate exploding, the court, when everyone's head was exploding, she was looking around panicked. That was actually her exploding their heads. Yeah, I mean, I've that scene was really well done. And like, like I said earlier, but also the fact that she looked terrified and like you saw her aide trying to get her out and i was there thinking come on get this congresswoman out she's the only goodie in there sort yeah. of thing. and then suddenly at the end you realize well actually she was responsible for it all it was yeah, just she like was exploding all their heads, yeah. proper messed up because uh, at one point you know there's the girl from, that escaped from the um soup prison or whatever yeah, and uh, she yeah she could explode whole bodies uh, i mean that little aside was quite interesting with the whole lamplighter and reconciling um, what he did to the kids and the fact that he didn't know the kids were in there and the reason why Frenchie wasn't there. I mean, it, to be honest, the whole Frenchie subplot and that stuff, that thing was just like, do I carry his friends over this thing? No. Does it explain it? Yeah. Yeah. No, not- I mean, I'd kind of forgotten about Lamplighter. I think that, I think maybe the showrunners kind of wanted us to think, oh, so that's what happened to Lamplighter. But I wasn't really wondering what happened to Lamplighter. I'd forgotten about him. Yeah. And to be fair, after this season, you'd have forgotten about him again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other bit I didn't like it is why did he kill himself? It was kind of like, you know, you're going in there for a, to do something and then he just decides to just toast himself. And if you're going to toast yourself, at least take out the whole of White Tower with you rather than yes. one room. It's kind of it's, just a very damaged person. Yeah, but did, the irony is, didn't that guy play um, either Iceman or Pyro in the X-Men films? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Iceman, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So there's a sort of irony there. Well, um, I, I, funnily enough, it might have been that guy. It might have been he's got a twin brother who's also a famous actor. So who knows which one it was? <laughs> oh, does, does he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, anyway, I mean, it, basically, it looks like Iceman from Thingy. I mean, that's, yeah. that's close <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. So did you? I mean, they were the bits we didn't like. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else I didn't like. Um, where are we? I, 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 yeah, I'd say... Yeah. Yeah, the deep. Um... The stuff of Butcher's family. I mean, it was 
I mean, I liked the bit with the aunt or whatever, where they were sort of in her house hiding from Black Noir, and they yeah. called a fire brigade and stuff like that. And it's sort of, oh, yeah. that worked quite well. And when she's like, "Oh, you remind me of his brother. He was the only one that kept him sane or whatever." <laughs> yeah. um, all that was good. But then when his mum and his dad come along, I'm like, really? Do I give a toss? Yeah, um, that's true. Um, and his, they were both British, weren't they? Yeah, with very and bad. Australian I was trying to, oh right okay i was trying to figure out if they were british now because i saw they were british and i was thinking wait is butcher supposed to be british <laughs> but none of them I, I think he's meant to be because he was former sas or something it suddenly becomes cia somehow right. um, but has an australian accent and it's just one of those confusing characters just just seems to tick loads of boxes that seem cool but don't really go together yeah uh, which um, i don't care because carl urban's so good at it but the rest of them around him um, yeah, I'd forgotten about that bit actually, but you're right, that was weird and boring. But, but I suppose that gave context to the whole. When I mean, the good, the good bit was when he come up, uh, he he finally caught up with Rebecca. Um, I, I liked that reunion; that was quite good. But then yeah. when she turns around, she says, oh, "I can't come with you because I know that you'd find a way to get rid of the kid." Um, that was good because it kind of, that I suppose that gave credence to the whole dad bit because it's like you know I had an abusive dad and I don't want to be an abusive you know blah. Uh, do we need that scene probably not but i suppose that's the reason they put it in there well i don't know we'll we'll, we'll come back to that bit okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah the other weird bits like the bit with um home front and uh mimic or whatever you know, what was his name James? oh gosh i'd forgotten about him yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'd remembered him so when he went in there and started seeing the woman from back to the future or whatever um yeah. i was yeah. just i was just like yeah, that must be the shapeshifter. And then I'm like, really? Would he be that disgusting to whatever? And it's like, yep, he would. Yeah, he would. Uh, yeah. Well, he's just a pure narcissist, isn't he? Having having relations with yourself is the, the ultimate uh, goal of any narcissist. He thinks he's amazing, so obviously, obviously he's the only person he really wants to um to love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, he didn't actually get go through with that, did he? He ended up killing the guy beforehand. So it's yeah. kind of it just goes to show he might not be that much of a narcissist or. Mm. I don't know. But, um, so that was weird, and it was kind of a bit of an aside. I think that like, there's lots of that trippy stuff that would only happen in a comic book, and now has suddenly become normal in television. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is, you know, it's fine. Um, what else is going on? That's the thing is, um, it's because it's an online service. I think on, I think streaming services are allowed to be a bit more uh, daring than a um than TV. Yeah, that wouldn't happen TV. on the C- wouldn't happen on the CW, would it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, say CBBC for a minute. Or Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Yeah, so I suppose, where do we go from here? What else? um... I mean, you've mentioned kind of, we talked about maybe doing favourite or least favourite episodes. I mean, for me, quite a short season like this, where it's kind of an overarching story, that none of it was really like episodic Monster of the Week type thing. It's quite difficult me to pick out a favorite episode or at least favorite episode um so i think they kind of all just it's almost like one long movie i'm sure you kind of felt that way because you binged it whereas i watched it week by week yeah Um, so for me it was like i've picked favorite or worst scenes sort of thing as opposed to episodes because like you say it's just one continuous story really yeah yeah so yeah so we can't uh yeah so we've gone through the bad scenes the ones i liked was um one of them was when all of the female characters come together to beat up Stormfront. Yeah. Uh, because I thought that was not just like, oh, it's so cool that they're all the female characters. It was like they were the only ones with powers, thus they're the only ones that could beat her up. 
Um, and well, and also, I think it was actually a nod, not, well, not a nod, but a uh, repudiation of, um, of Endgame with uh, Endgame's little girl power moment. And like, okay, well, you can actually just talk about girl power or you can actually do it. Because um, yeah. you know, in Endgame, they didn't actually do anything that much after having their little posy moment, whereas this, in this one they did. <laughs> yeah, that girl's got it done. Yeah, um, literally. I mean, that, that was I just really enjoyed seeing them beat the hell out of her about that that point because it was just, you know, yeah, it, it, she deserved it. And it was all really well lined up. Like the fact, the motivations for each of them wanting to pummel the hell out of her. Yeah. Um, and even when when Queen Maeve turned up though, the one thing that was in my mind is how the hell did she get there? Because she can't fly. <laughs> so it's just like, how did she get there that fast to join in this punch up? Um, who Maybe knows? She just fight them. She decided five minutes after they'd gone to follow them, so she was just five minutes behind. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But um, um, it put me. Do you remember that scene in Office Space where they all beat the crap out of the printer? No. <laughs> okay. Well, it reminded me of that. Oh, but yeah, so Stormfront's a printer in this context. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But um, no, I, I just I think that whole character arc was Storm like the, the Stormfront thing was really well executed, and I think. The way that she kind of twisted Homelander in terms of, you know, you are basically, you know, the the, far, the the sort of the pinnacle of the Aryan race or whatever is basically what she was trying to say. But, you know, probably not overtly saying it, you know, you are the ubermensch that we should all be looking up to. You're the one that's going to lead us and protect us from the others and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it was like a, kind of like, you know, and I suppose, like you said, he's a narcissist or anything to stroke his ego. Um, and probably part of him might have realised that this is bad, but because he saw his ratings drop, he realised, no, actually, if I go down this extremist route, at least then I'll get some more popularity again. So he's just like, I'd rather be loved by, heart, you know, vehemently loved by this percentage of people and hated by the others, but at least my ratings are up. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going with that, but it was kind of, yeah. Let's talk about themes. Themes? The current world. Um, oh, God, yeah. So obviously we're sit, we're sitting here we're recording this on um the day after the US election still very much up in the air. Yeah, I'm sitting here watching the t- watching the tables as we're talking. Um. <laughs> uh, who knows how it's going to end? I think, but well, yeah, I couldn't say. But obviously, um, I think obviously talk about like Nazis in power um and stuff like that and kind of well about ratings and narcissists in power as well. You might yeah. say racial um, equality. Racial equality, um, you know, people in power or, or the police or whatever, uh, targeting, uh, black communities. That's obviously all, you might say it's linked to, uh, linked to, uh, what's going on in America at the moment or has been going on over the last four years. Um, yeah, I think obviously there, there is a question about whether, uh, the upper echelons of the United States government have been infiltrated by people of a Nazi slash fascistic leaning. Um, and yeah, that's obviously what this, um, what this show talks about, um, which is, you know, what if the protectors, you know, who watches the watchmen, um, you know, the, the, the seven, two of their characters are racist thugs, um, with superpowers. Um, and what happens when that, when that is the case? And I think the, the commentary from this show is that other people in that same group have to stand up to them and stop it, which is kind of, um, well, cause they only get defeated in the end by, well, Stormfront only gets defeated in the end by the rest of the seven and the boys coming together. Um, and a child. 
And the child, of course. Yeah. Yes. Got about <laughs> we, actually, yeah. We believe the children are the future. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, in, in many ways that is it. You know, you kind of have to have people who are also in power to stand up to, you know, if you've got people in power doing something wrong, you need people who are also in power to be against that. Um, you also need to have uh, the proletariat be against that. They could be represented by the boys. Yeah. Uh, and you also need to have, you also need to, have the children, your young people, realise that that's not the way to do things and to stand up to them as well. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a uh, an illustration of how all different parts of the community are required to actually fight against this sort of thing. Um, and you know, in many ways, you can say, oh, people, you know, you could say, oh, well, Starlight and Huey and all that and whatever, they weren't actually affected by having a racist Nazi because you know they're all beautiful white people. Um, so why were they doing that? Are they just virtue signalling? But what happens is that people who actually have that power and people who aren't affected by it, the only way they can help, it, if you don't have the power to fight against stuff like that, the only the only hope you've got is for people who do have the power to fight against stuff like that. So that's why you needed um, uh, the rest of the seven to do that. And that's I kind of read into that a little bit of a um, allegory of how uh, structural racism and Nazis and fascism can all be defeated in a way by people who aren't affected by it coming together against it wow i mean you were proper went deep on this one i mean i feel bad <laughs> for not making as many notes um but yeah it's one of those it's i agree like the fact that and i don't know whether because i've not read the initial comics i don't know whether the, the showrunners took some themes from the initial comics and then really sort of honed them for today's world like obviously yeah. social media wasn't a big thing back then and now i suppose ratings were but like you know, like the whole meme thing that was part of this series. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, they've obviously took that to tell a message. And that was half the reason why this series was postponed, wasn't it? Because that message might have inflamed the whole Black Lives Matter thing or might have kind of... Um, oh, okay. I didn't that. Yeah, I think that was part of the reason it was postponed was because of the, you know, Black Lives Matter happened. And then you've got a Nazi superhero killing loads of black people, um, which in a way... The whole reason that happened was to show that it was bad and that, you know, this, these people in power is bad. But then, you know, without the latest episodes, you probably didn't get that context. Thus, it might have sent people off the edge. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said, this isn't the CW. This isn't like a cheesy sort of you know, heartthrob, you know, whatever, or um, teeny bopper, supergirl or whatever. This is kind of like, you know, this happens to have superheroes, it happens to have vigilantes, it happens to have whatever, but then they're telling much bigger stories that are much more relevant to the world we're in. And it's kind of good at doing that because I know, I don't know how many people are going to watch this show and be like, you know, this is bad. The state of the American politics is bad. But, you know, we're to discussing it. We don't even live in America. So I'm yeah. supposing <laughs> the right people watching it might kind of, I don't know, do something about it maybe. Um, yeah, and that's, and sorry, I mean, if, if shows don't tie into the, the world and the, the way that the things are at the moment, then what's the point of them, really? You know, I, I, okay, you, you want entertainment some of the time, uh, but sometimes you want something to be a bit more serious and a bit more um, cerebral and to kind of get you to challenge the world. Yeah. Sorry, that was just me on my little high horse. I don't know why no one's going to listen. Um, at the same time, you kind of got quite, I thought the whole relationship between... Uh... Starlight and Huey was quite sweet, um, you know, at points, you know, and everyone kind of likes, there's something about Huey that everyone likes. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name's, uh, Butcher's 
Mum likes him. Starlight's mum likes him. Um, oh, yeah. no, not um, no. Starlight's mum didn't like him, did she? She's like, really, that guy? This, this, the no, guy but that... I think she said he's good for her. Oh no, I'm thinking of Butcher's mum, maybe. Yeah, and um, yeah, because she was. Well, I think she she likes him in a sense that she's you know, recognizes he's a nice boy. But I think she probably yeah. does thinks like, really, that's that's what you've gone for. That's what you've risked everything for. <laughs> um. But yeah, but I liked the whole, he's sitting there listening to that song over and over again um, and sort of tells Starlight about it. That was quite good. And when yeah. they were sort of driving, was it they were driving through the Bible Belt and whenever they turned, changed the channel, there was, uh, was it her song that was playing or something like that, which yeah, yeah, she, she was <laughs> really cringe about. Yeah, because um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she recorded a whole song for that movie they were doing, wasn't it? That was weird, the fact that they were filming a movie about themselves. I it, don't think that would happen. Well, it's, it, but it's the same as like, you know, a Michael G. B. Jordan movie or whatever, isn't it? It's kind of like, I don't know if they've done that, but, you know, or a Hulk Hogan movie or something. Whereas, I suppose, because in this world, the super, the company owns the superheroes, but they also own the marketing rights. So why not just make a film about it? But yeah, people would know the origin. Um, yeah. But yeah, but the bit, the bit that I found really stupid was like the origin was about a drugs bust or whatever. I mean, how ridiculous yeah. and boring is that? Um, but the way the um, production guy or the director was treating them all was quite funny because basically, like with A Train, and A Train's like, I've got some notes on my lines because you know I wouldn't say this, and he's just like, okay, okay, no, just read it as it is and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't really care about your opinion, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I want to leave it open. He's just like, no, you'll leave it open. And uh, the way that um, Homelander was basically sort of dictating how everyone should be portrayed in this film was quite interesting as well. Um, so yeah, I'm just he's obviously had the. Power, he was obviously the um power uh, behind the um director or whatever. He was he was obviously the the superstar, and the rest of them were just kind of forced to do what he wanted. Exactly, yeah. So I'm just still watching the results of the election. It's very tight. Anything Some of them new? are. No, they're no. still still. But, but I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't uh, think they're gonna, they're not going to release anything new for another day or so. I think lots lots of the battleground states have said they're not going to release anything tonight. So. Oh well, I'll just sit here watching it all night then. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the central themes about this season was um, obviously what's going on with um, Becca's Becca and Homelander's son. Um, yeah. Becca being Butcher's ex-wife. Well, I think they, I don't think they ever got divorced. Well, she, still she, presumed dead. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, still his wife, I suppose. I wonder if that's. I wonder what the legal implications are. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, and at one point, I think you mentioned it earlier, where she he tries to take her away but she says oh no i'm not coming with you because you'll just um get rid, the kid. Get, get rid of the boy i think at another point she says he tries to get her to come with him and say and she says no it's not going to happen i have to go back for him um and then the last one or two episodes are all about basically them trying to save him from um homelander and stormfront and they go and go and rescue him um and it, then it's to chase so homelander and stormfront kind of come after them and at one point so his plan is basically to um he does the deal with uh, Gustavo Fring to hand him over to Vought. Yeah. Uh, we know that's the case. And she says when he meets her, she says, "Oh, you've got to promise me that you're, protect you're not him. you're not, you're not going to do that." Basically, yeah. and he says, "Okay, yeah, I promise." And we know that he he's got the um full intention. I think at that point, I think he's just promised that um you know with his fingers crossed behind his back type thing. <laughs> um, I think he's not got any intention of doing that. Um, so I've I've spoken on this podcast before about um Kantian ethics and uh, that being the cornerstone of Western ethics. And um, 
his second principle is that you can't use um another conscious human as a means to an end basically so he is in this case using um the kids as a means to an end um to actually get her to come to come with him to get becca to come with him uh, wow. so i'm rescuing the kid to make you come with me and then i'll sort the kid out afterwards well yeah he, he's and then once i've done that i'll sacrifice him by uh giving him uh so he's literally just a uh uh, a means to an end for him his his end his desired end is to get becca to come with him and the means of that is to use the kid and then hand him over to someone who becca doesn't want to hand him over to and yeah. she is um she doesn't want him to do that and she wouldn't come with him if that wasn't if she knew that was what was gonna happen yeah um, so you know at that point we're thinking oh hold on that's a bit bad of him to do that and you know, well, I don't know if he thought that was bad for him to do that, but if you did think it's it's because we've got that idea that we shouldn't be, you, you don't use other people like that, um, you don't you don't lie and use other people as pawns type thing. Um, but then it turns out, obviously, he, uh, well, she dies. Um, but, I can't remember. But he has to change your heart beforehand, doesn't he? Um, well, yeah, does he? Yeah, I think I think he does. Because he, he sends he sends her and the kid off in the car with the other guy, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he's like, I told I told thought I'd give it to them, but I'm not going to. Blah blah blah. Get her out of here. What? How they thought? A, you know, a, the plan was good, but then he ruined the plan, which is why loads of people, you know, people died. You know, because yeah, yeah. you know, and why did they think having a chat in a farmhouse, like two minutes away from where Homelander is, is a good idea? Yeah. Um, so that was yeah. You're right. That was um. Very poor planning, yeah. And obviously he came back and they were like, "What's happened? Why aren't you sticking to the plan?" Exactly. Uh, yeah, you're right. He had that change of heart, so he, he sent them away. Um, and then obviously she dies, and he's left. He's left holding the baby, literally. Yeah. And his first thought is, "Okay, so probably what she would have wanted for him was to, for him to look after uh, the kids, but yeah. it doesn't happen. Instead, he just hands him off to a different uh, shadowy group. Just hands him off to the CIA." Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. It's kind of yeah. It was I was expecting it to be sort of lone wolf and cub type thing, in it like a sort yeah. of um, Leon, you know, him and a kid tagging around. But to be fair, I don't think that would have worked for the series. Or he's, you know, so like he's they handed him off to the CIA now, didn't they, for him to yeah. be seconded somewhere away from Bort's prying eyes and Homelander. I mean, how you could put him away from Homelander anywhere? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, but the re- how she dies, Rebecca, is a bit strange because I think that's when Stormfront's basically holding her against a tree, threatening her. The kid gets angry and basically obliterates Stormfront with his right eye beams, which we didn't know he had until just then. Yeah. Um, because they told him to get angry about something. And uh, I like the fact that they foreshadowed this when um, Stormfront and uh, Homelander got a bit jiggy. She told him <laughs> to sort of zap her with his eye beams. And he's like, are you sure? I might hurt you. And she's like, oh, no, no, don't worry. I'm stronger than your hook. <laughs> and basically he goes basically maybe full pelt at her. And his eye beams basically burn her a bit. And then she's all right. But the fact yeah. that his son used eye beams without even knowing and basically just turned her into a molten puddle yeah. of Nazi goo that still talks. Um, it's like that um it's like that film we watched with the ice cream truck where the kids the children of mutants are more powerful than the mutants themselves isn't it what's that film called oh you know what i mean yeah yeah freaks yeah. freaks. freaks there you go yeah There's so a- yeah maybe that's something that as the as the son of homelander he's more powerful uh in exponentially more powerful but that's what leads me to think that maybe homelander isn't just another a v person maybe he is something else and that's why 
you know, he can produce a mute, you know, a, a super child, whereas the others probably ha- can't. So it's kind of, you know, because otherwise you'd have soup babies everywhere. So why was he the only soup baby? And why was he the only soup child raised by scientists in a lab somewhere, as opposed to just living with their parents and doing little jamborees somewhere? That's what makes me think that he might be something other than just another uh, compound V freak or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my idea anyway. Because, you know, if, if, I don't know, a child crash landed in Kansas and they discovered it could lift up a thing, you know, obviously Vought would want to get their hands on it and sort of turn it into their next super person. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, the, the morality of it all, I mean, I think, would I, would I have, I agree. When he met her at the beginning and he was just like, come with me, you know, bring the kid, he definitely was going to ditch the kid. Yeah. I think when he spoke to uh, Gus or whatever, he was probably like in two minds. And I think he was planning to play Gus at that point. I think, you know, he'd already had a shift in perspective because I think that's when Becca found them at the pawn shop basement and basically begged him to save her kid. Yeah, and maybe right. after having his little, you know, power with his dad and heart to heart with his mum or whatever, he realised that maybe parenting isn't that bad. Um, but yeah, what I did like is when Becca did turn up, the rest of the boys were just treating her with such reverence because, you know, yeah. she was this figure of, you know, she's dead and then she's back and like, you know, yeah. here is your Coca-Cola with ice and lemon. Yeah. Cause we hear you like it sort of thing. Um, and there's a good bit where, um, Butch is walking around talking to Huey on the phone and saying goodbye to him and you can hear the squeaky toy. And, uh, then when Huey says to the guy about it, then that's when they realize that he's with the dog at the mum, the, the aunt's house or whatever. Um, but yeah, later on, he gives the squeaky toy to his dog and it's a Homelander one. And then he says, you know, screw it or whatever in harsher language. And then <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. hear the squeaky toy go, <laughs> and he's like, I will defend <laughs> you. I'm here to protect you and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, that's a butcher thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I just, yeah, there's so many good, like, good moments like that. I just think there's, you know, and the acting in this show, I think is really good. Apart from the Dodge Australian accents, I think like, you know, all the cast are on point. They're all doing their own thing. Like, apart, you know, the, the sort of boring, deep thing, fair enough. But everyone seemed to have good screen time. I mean, the Queen Maeve storyline, the subplot, was a, kind of a bit dull, but it sort yeah. of served its purpose. And um, you know, that she was did... obviously, obviously, that kind of made her. I think she was supposed to think, "Oh, hold on, Nazis were against uh, homosexuals, so I should be against her, maybe to some degree." Yeah, but that's that's the thing. I think that was, you know, we we were aware of that from season one, so it's good it carried on. Yeah. And the fact that Homelander found out about it then sort of was holding that over her and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I like, not in a, not because I liked the fact that they were doing it, but I just liked yeah. the way that Vought basically just turned her relationship into a, a tool to control her. And she's like, they're like, oh, here's how we're going to dress your girlfriend up and this is how we're going to portray you. And like the whole, um, the origin of the seven, like they've had the female love interest yeah. for her. And they basically branded. Uh, the, the brave maid cakes or whatever they had rainbow cakes or whatever that's it yeah they just commercialized the whole thing i think i I mean when i say i like it i just mean i like it in the sense that it just goes to show how vort twist everything for commercial gain and you know and the fact that homelander just then forced things into the film and into her her publicity things just to kind of stick it to her the fact that she you know basically was had her girlfriend whilst they were dating and stuff um yeah, um, yeah, so, so I'm just, I didn't make as many notes for this episode as you'll probably guess. This is why a lot of it is a ramble. Um, but I, I think it's still useful. I think it's still relevant. 
Um, let me see if what, what other talking points we had. Um, yeah, did you have anything else on morality or? No, no, just that kind of thing, really. Um, obviously, you've got Huey kind of set up as the audience surrogate who kind of keeps them all in line. Um, and, you know, I think, obviously, the way he kind of brings Annie back to herself, yeah. almost. Like, she's kind of going down pretty... Well, first, well, mind you, though, firstly, she kills for the first time to um, save him, but then, um, she's obviously, she gets kidnapped and stuff, and the way that... Um, She's smashing stuff up and obviously very pleased to see him. Um, yeah, I thought, I don't know, I think they've got kind of a bit of a tragic ending in their future, to be honest. Um, whole star-crossed lovers thing, but we'll see. I mean, for a while in the start of it, it seemed like she was completely over him. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. They take that in the next season. Um, yeah, what, what are we hoping for from season three? I think season three has been greenlit. I think it's been announced, but. They'll struggle to film it anytime soon, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing I like, I mean, I like the fact that this season ended with them no longer hiding in basements and whatever. It was kind of like, you know, that bit's over. Um, they're now moving on to different things. That was quite yeah. good. You know, like butchers might get an official job with the government. Um, French, did French, I don't know what happened to French. I think him and Kimiko were just going off into the sunset. Uh, the other guy was going back to his family and Huey decided to go work for the congresswoman because he wanted to do things, that, you know, properly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and obviously, so obviously she's gonna, that's going to be a big part of it. And I suppose whatever Homelander ends up doing, he's still a villain. Um, then you've got A Train back on the seven. Um, yeah, was Deep back on the seven? I don't think. Yeah. So. Oh no, yeah, that's it. No, no. Who? Yeah, so A Train when it got in, the Deep didn't because A Train had to go in because of the um, fact that he. Uh, anyway, he got oh, Deep got ditched. Um, but yeah, yeah so. I just think like all the chess pieces are in a, in a good places now to kind of have an interesting season that's slightly different to what we've seen before. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, no. I wonder. I wonder if we'll see um, Frenchy in next season. I think he might get a bit of a reduced character, and also um, Kimiko, what's his name? Mip, and also Milk Tea. Maybe he might have a, a reduced role as well. I'm not sure. Okay, I'll uh, see. The um, what do you call it? I, I was expecting that religion place to be the new sort of villains, but like I, like I said earlier, but maybe the deep will have to take over leadership of that, and then that would be his next development potentially. Yeah. Um, the congresswoman's obviously going to be a villain, and it'll yeah. be interesting to see what her agenda is and how she wants to play things. Yeah, that's right. We don't know at all, do we? And I think I think I'm hoping that Black Noir will be more in more of a we'll see more about him because I think he's. Obviously, we had Stormfront and Homelander. It's kind of like the main baddies from the Seven, uh, uh, or as Queen. So, whereas I think now Black Noir is obviously, for whatever reason, he's completely loyal to Vought. Um So yeah, it's interesting to see. Well, I mean, I've seen some theories about who he might be. Well, I've seen some confirmed theories about who he is in the comics. <laughs> oh, okay. I won't share those, but yeah, if they did go down that route, it would be interesting. That's the thing, like, because I saw that it was a humble bundle with like all the comics in it, and I suggested we buy it. Um, but then part of me's like, no, because I'm not going to read them for another five years until the, se- the series is done. In which case, yeah, it should yeah. be worth it. I could just get it out of the library, hopefully. Um, but it's just, yeah, I- I'm just like you say, it's if it's been greenlit, great. They're probably not going to be able to film it for a while. It's just a shame. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be exciting to see where they all go and what, what yeah. happens with it. And uh, I suppose if they can't film it, and I'll just read the comics. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know where else. Yeah, no, I think that's that's about it. I think we can um, wrap it up. Time to prorogue this bad boy. 
Yeah, I'll um, yeah. I mean, I hope you guys we're, we're a bit rusty because it's been a while. But um, next episode <laughs> we'll be back on form and we'll have a lot more discussion points and uh, <laughs> we'll know whether to buy a Fallout shelter or not. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. We'll Cool. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Stu, for joining me. Um, And yeah, we'll catch you next time on the next episode of uh, Geek Fights.